Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander features exciting and diverse guests and topics. Laugh and learn as you listen to the best hour of radio around. Entertainment's best online with Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on italknet.com as we broadcast live from the Phil Genie Motors studio high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle, give Chip a call at 724-785-6800 or stop by his website, philgenamotors.com. Well, today on the program, we're going to be talking to a young lady by the name of Emma Criddle and her father, Jason. Emma is nine years old, and Emma and her dad actually have started a publishing company. So right now we go to the phone lines and we say, hello, Emma, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing real good. I'm glad you could be part of my program today. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I am beautiful. <laughs> okay. Um, I am nine years old. I am a published author. I have a podcast called Storytime with Emma on CastBox. Read a, list, a little over 600 books. And why do you like to do this? I just, I feel that it's a good thing to do. And also, I want to be an entrepreneur just like my dad. Okay. And Jason, give me a little bit of background about who you are. Oh, man, I've been an entrepreneur for a little while. Um, I've been around the the block with uh, software and, and helping people get their companies ready for investment for um, probably seven or eight years now, a good bit of the time that Emma's been alive. Um, most of her life, I've been taking care of her on my own and homeschooling her. And uh, at some point, I guess she was probably five or six years old. We were working with this, uh, a nonprofit in Tanzania and these kids, they didn't have, they had two and three G internet access. They didn't have, any Christmas presents, I mean, is, is just a terrible situation for these kids. And so Emma started recording stories, and we would send them the audio files so that they could listen to them at night. Um, and then it, it just kind of turned into a thing. So, I mean, I, I, I spend most of my life helping entrepreneurs find their way, find their passion, um, and, you know, increase their I guess, increase their bottom line with what it is they're trying to accomplish. And so whenever em- Emma became interested in being an entrepreneur, I mean, I, I got to help her too, right? Right. And, and Emma, so you started recording your own podcast at the age of six years old. And it says here what I'm reading that you were inspired by the reading Rainbow and also some of the things that your dad has done. So what gave you the initiative to go out there and actually create your own? 
Well, um, so I, my dad is my dad. I actually got the idea from my dad because I've seen him walking around, like being an entrepreneur, like for almost my whole life. Uh-huh. So I, so I'm like, I got to do this too. I want to do this too. I want to. I want to follow in his footsteps. Okay. So with you reading these, um, are the kids, to? and I don't know this, so I'm going to ask you. So the kids that you do these for originally in Tanzania, were they able to understand English, or did there have to be any type of translation that was being done for them? They, they understand English. Okay. Because um, I'm not too familiar with Tanzania. Now, not only do you have the kids listening there, I also understand you have kids listening from all around the world. Now, do you get email from these kids suggesting books or just striking up conversations with you? Or is it just you giving yeah. this stuff out? I'm just getting this stuff out. Okay. I was just curious because I know a lot of kids your age would feel very... Um, uh, very that they'd be able to approach you because you're someone like who they are because you're around the same age and they wouldn't be intimidated. But I see that you've been working with a lot of adults and from listening to you talk, you feel very comfortable talking around pretty much anybody, don't you? Yes. <laughs> so what are your favorite types of books? Well, I like, I like mystery books and I like, Unicorn books. I, I love books about unicorns. I like fairy tales. Okay. I love all kinds of books. Now, as I mentioned to you before we started the program, I was listening to a portion of your podcast. I believe it's called Candy Fairies. Is that right? Yes, that's the book. Okay. Yes, that's the book that I'm reading. Now, series. how many chapters is that book? It's about 10, and the specials are 15. Okay, so how many chapters do you read in each podcast? I read two chapters every day. Okay, and do you do this, do this at a certain time of the day, or how do you do this? So I wake up, I take a shower, I eat, and then I start, and then I finish at like 1 or 2. Okay. And then you and then you take your time to record. Then, how long does it usually take to uh, record two chapters? Like uh, an hour. An hour. Okay. Yeah, she usually, she usually practices. Uh, she usually practices like once or twice before she starts to record, just because you know, just to make sure she has has it all down. There's still some times where she needs help with words. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, so uh, we, we, we like to make sure that the, the audio is as crisp as possible and make sure it sounds, you know, somewhat good and professional. And she has a couple of episodes where she sings and makes jokes. And, and uh, she also has a couple of episodes where they're actually, actually her stories Okay. That she wrote, and we're going to be putting those in books uh, for her this year. Oh, really? Um, so, Dad, I'll ask you the technical questions. What equipment does she use to record these? Uh, cell phone, man. Is that it? She, nice just, and simple. She takes. Yeah, she, she just has a cell phone. Yeah, she has a cell phone. We go to the library. 
oh my gosh, man, we've been going to the same library since I was her age. I mean, I, I started going to the Richardson library when uh-huh. I was nine or 10. Okay. And, uh, we're there a couple of times a week and we pick up whatever books that she needs and she, she practices and then she just presses record on her audio and, and we throw it on the podcast. Now, um, Emma, you said you like uh, mysteries and fairy tales. Um, the books that you you've read, have you any, read any books that have been written by other children? Um, I think I've read. No, I don't think so. I because I interviewed a young lady actually in my area. The name of the book is um, Della and Lila Meet the Mon Valley Mermaid or the Monongahela Mermaid. Excuse me. And they wrote the book. They are also about your age. And it's, it is published. And it's a three-book series that they come out with. The last book just came out. And I'm going to try to get you hooked up with their uh, with them. Because I think it would be really interesting if you would read other people around your age read their books. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's kind of what the inspiration behind the kids' publishing company mm-hmm. is. Um, you know... Emma, she published her first book, and it's a design book. Uh, she got a, a book for Christmas where she was able to draw dresses on models. Okay. And she decided that it was actually pretty uh, pretty inspirational. She, she told me that some boys like to draw girl clothes and some girls like to draw boy clothes so that somebody should make a design book for boys and girls to draw both types of clothes. So we went ahead and published that for her. Um, and then she started writing a couple short stories. We decided to turn those into books themselves. And those are going to be launching before the end of the year. Uh, but I've been in publishing for quite some time. And, uh, whenever I started publishing books, uh, that was, you know, that was the reason why Emma had her design book was because I was able to publish it underneath my little brand. Right. And so ever since that day, we've been trying to figure out, well, how can we leverage this knowledge and these capabilities and then give it to kids. And so we decided to put a little bit of infrastructure together to start publishing kids books for free. Okay. And so now that, now that Emma's making her way around the radio and, uh, and you know, she has a a couple of events coming up next year where she's going to be speaking to kids at a couple of elementary schools here in the DFW area. Um, we just figured, well, this would be a good way for kids to launch their own brands. You know, a lot of kids have creativity in them, and a lot of kids have these stories that they they tell us parents while we roll our eyes, yeah. you know, and, and they just, you know, they draw on paper and they write these stories and everything. So we're like, well, we can get these things, we can get these stories inside books. And not right. only can we put these stories inside books, but kids can make money for publishing these books. And so not only did we decide, you know, let's let these kids publish their books, but we're, we're wanting to teach them how to build their own brands and earn royalties and, you know, actually become contributors to their family, even though they are indeed children. What I think is interesting about this, I mean, because when I was a kid a long, long time ago, if you want to write a book, 
you had to go through certain certain steps. Now, because we have the technology that we have, you can self-publish. But you're actually taking it one step further by giving the, the, the child a place to publish the book. Now, with you publishing the book, are you also distributing it for them? Or are they responsible to, for the marketing and the um, production of the book? Well, it kind of goes both ways. The good thing is, is by having, having the brand, the kids publishing company, now what we have created is a catalog okay. that we can shop around for the kids. And so basically anybody that brings a book into the platform, um, it, it goes, all the marketing efforts come through us too. So starting in, on, in January of 2020, not only are we going to start speaking at schools and putting on classes at libraries, I mean, we're, we're just wanting to go all out and get this information to people, to as many people as possible. Um, Emma loves to write greeting cards for, she, she writes cards for kids in hospitals. And it's, a, it's another nonprofit that we've been using for quite some time. And, uh, and so we were like, well, why don't we, you know, whenever we start making these greeting cards now, why don't we actually print the kids publishing company information on the card almost with like a little advertisement that tells them that if, if they're in the hospital, if they're sick or have ailments right. or whatever, then we'll be more than happy to come into the hospital and work with them so that they can get their own book published. That's, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. We can get the books on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. We have access to some libraries, some on and offline bookstores and retailers uh -huh. that, uh, that that like to purchase the books from us, but but by making this umbrella of the kids publishing company, we're hoping that this becomes I don't know almost quote unquote the brand uh, the thing that kids start doing. You know, I mean, I, I love it whenever Emma plays with her toys and whenever kids play with Legos and whenever they do their arts and crafts and everything, uh -huh. but. With the technology we have available, I think there needs to be more resources out there that are willing to work with kids and show kids, you know, this is what you can do with your creative efforts and uh, and show people that they can they can build something. You know, whenever Bill, whenever I was looking at your radio show and you have your podcast and you have your guests and everything, I mean, if you back up 10, 20, 30 years ago, I guess I'll say 20 or 30 years ago. Did you ever think you were going to be doing this, man? You know, like, did you ever think that we were going to have cell phones and tablets and anybody would be able to publish a book or make a podcast? Well, what's interesting, 10, 20, 30 years ago, I was working at a radio station because the only way to get our message out was actually going to school, did a four-year degree in broadcasting, and then going to work for somebody else. Little did I know that... 20 years, 25 years ago, that this would even be possible. When I started podcasting in 2006, which is this program is a, uh, a revision or an update version of the original one, we thought it was just something that 20 or 30 people would listen to. Little did we know that 13, 14 years later, people would be able to listen to them on their phones while they're driving or in their cars. So we never thought of this stuff. What I think is interesting about this publishing company, the kids' publishing company, is 
there is so many opportunities that you have available for these kids. And one of the things I'm thinking of, because when you're talking to me about what's going on, I'm comparing it to like the cafe presses of the world and the Vista prints and everything else that you can take the book, publish it, and then people can go to the site, buy individual copies. And for you guys, it's probably easier just to do it that way that you're printing them on demand so if they do sell them to Amazon or if they do sell them to something like that, you can, you know how many you're going to be able to publish for them. So you have control over the inventory. But the other thing I think is interesting, this would be great for local high school teachers that have creative writing classes or poetry classes that want to get their kids' works published so they can say they're published authors before they go to secondary schools. And, and, that's what's very and that's what's important today you know i think about back when i was in school you're a little bit older than me i'm 36 i'm 53 um, <laughs> okay okay so so you're an old man thank right? you so, thank uh, you very much yeah you're welcome, you're welcome man <laughs> so, you know i think about i think back about whenever i was in school and whenever i got out of school that's whenever budget started being cut back right. and extracurricular activities really started to go away and kids don't have those outlets anymore. You know, Emma, Emma and I, we discuss art class. We talk about, because Emma's homeschool, we've talked about things that, you know, were available whenever I was in school. And just letting her know how much has changed and the fact that a lot of these things are not available to children anymore. There are no home economic classes. There's no shop classes. There's no, you know, there's, there's not really anything out there. But whenever I look at it, I, I think, quite honestly, Bill, I think high school is a waste of time. If I look at what you did in high school, what I did in high school, to me, high school was a chance for us to start learning about the world. Right. And what we should have been doing in high school was learning job skills. And, you know, that way, by the time we graduated, we could have been a licensed AC technician or um, or had had any number of licenses doing, you know, nails or just any number, any bit of experience that we could have had. But instead, what we were doing is we were just taking accelerated versions of the same courses that we took in middle school and elementary school. Correct. You know, and so it, it's, it's funny because a couple of years ago, uh, I was getting ready to go on a radio show and I told Emma, uh, hey, baby, I'm I'm recording on a radio show this afternoon. And she said, are you recording a radio show for your phone or for the real radio? <laughs> and and it was funny because I told her, I said, baby, it's only a matter of time before the real radio is the phone. And if you look at it today, and that was just a couple of years ago when we had that conversation. If you look at it today, I mean, who turns on the radio in their car anymore? And whenever they are turning the radio on in their car, I'd be willing to bet that seven, eight, nine times out of 10, they're connecting it to their phone and they're broadcasting something from their phone onto the radio. And uh, I, I grew up listening to talk radio. I was a Howard Stern fan. You know, it makes me think of the, the, the Howard Stern movie where you look at his, you know, when you were talking about working in a radio station, it, it makes me think about his past to get to where he is now. Right. But when you look at it, where is he now? He's on an app. Oh, yeah. On a cell phone. <laughs> 
So he went through 30, 40, 50 years of all of this, you know, turmoil and all of this trial and error and, and going from one big broadcasting company to another and getting fired here and there. And he ultimately ended up on the same platforms that we all have access to record our own content on today. Right. And that, and that's where I think is interesting. Um, as I mentioned, I started uh, doing stuff online in 2006 because I left my last radio job in 2004 and someone approached me and said, you need to try to do this. And I didn't think anybody listened, but when I used to welcome people to my radio show, I'd say, welcome to the radio show. And I'm going, I'm not on the radio anymore. I'm on the internet. So we turned, we coined a phrase that we called it netio, which is where the internet meets the radio. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't catch on, but I still right. consider it that because you're, you're Emma's right. It's, it, it's not this, it, 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 we have control over it. She's doing her own miniature, or I don't want to say miniature, but she's doing her own short form radio program by podcasting her stuff. And I think it'd be great yeah. to be able to find an outlet to let kids be able to stream her audio the same way you're doing it for books, because I think it's a great learning tool. Unfortunately, we haven't harnessed the power for learning yet. And I think that people like you and people like Emma are realize, realizing what the potentials are for for creative kids because it's giving them the opportunity yes. as an outlet to be able to let the world see what they have because a lot of them do have some amazing stuff that they're willing to share. Right, right. There, whenever I look at the Internet, uh, when I think about the Internet today, uh, to me, I'm, it makes me think of the California gold rush. I mean, I wasn't alive back then. You were probably, you know, in your 40s back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. But, uh, but, you know, you had you had people that went to California and they found uh, they found gold. Right. A and then the word started getting out. And so then you had a whole bunch of families rush to start finding that gold. Well, what came after the families? The bandits. Mm -hmm. And so then everybody came in and they started robbing the, and so I, I think about the internet being that way. It's like the internet came out. It was this cool thing that people really didn't know what to do. And then we had this influx of people that started coming and using the internet, making tools for what it is that they have. And then the dot com bubble was like, it was like, it was the bandits coming. The bandits came, they figured that they could take advantage of everything. Then they started putting regulation in place. So for the last 10 or 12 years, and especially now with a lot of botched IPOs, we're starting to see more regulation come into the Internet. Well, there's still no leadership on the Internet. I mean, who are who are the Internet leaders today? Mark Zuckerberg's not an Internet leader. He's an owner of a company. Right. You know what I mean? Jeff Bezos is not an Internet leader. He's an owner of a company. But there are a couple of people, I guess people call them influencers that are out there that a lot of people follow and they, they know these names because they're prominent on the internet. But those people are not educating us and they're not leading us. They're selling products and services. Right. And so the real leadership needs to come and the real leadership is probably not me. And it's probably not you. I'd be willing to bet that the people that are going to be seen as leaders for the next couple of generations on the Internet are probably Emma's age right now. Oh, and I and agree with you. They on have that, yeah. phones. 
They have access to YouTube. They have access to TikTok. They have access to WhatsApp. Uh, but they're all using them as entertainment sources. So whenever we created the Kids Publishing Company, the whole point was, okay, so let's try our first bout of leadership. Let's build a platform. You know, we have a, a little website that it's just a landing page, but people can go there and they can find out what we're doing and they can submit manuscripts. They can uh, submit, a, they can contact us and tell us why they want to use our resources. Uh, fortunately, I own an app company, so I was able to launch the Kids Publishing Company app for us, uh, for people to be able to reach out a little bit more, for sponsors and donors to come and see what it is that we're doing. But, but now what we really need to do is we need to show the world the impact that the Kids Publishing Company is having on kids. And so that's why I'm looking forward to 2020, because I think that what we are doing with this publishing company can really change a lot of people's minds about the capabilities that their children have. Right. And so Emma has a cell phone and Emma's, Emma doesn't play on her phone. She's, she's not in her phone all the time. She's allowed to use her phone when she's creating. Okay. And that's it. So if she's, is you know, like most kids, they're stuck in their phone, they're stuck in their tablets, they're watching YouTube videos, they're spending all this time just wasting time absorbing content. But I told Emma, there's two types of people in the world, right, baby? Mm -hmm. There's contributors and there's consumers. And so we can make the choice, do we want to consume information or do we want to create information? And in this house, we make the decision to create the information. Now, the one thing I, I want to ask you about this, because, and I hate to do this, but you have to figure this out. How are you funding this page? And I understand you have a GoFundMe page, but for it to be self-sufficient, where is the revenue going to come in from? Well, uh, that's, that's a good question, man. We're about to launch our 501c3. We, whenever we started this, it was a very big, it was a big question. Like, do we make this a for-profit or a nonprofit. And Bill, I seriously, like I took a piece of paper, I wrote a line right down the middle of it and I put pros and cons, okay. you know, like what, what, what are the, the different sides of making this a for-profit company as opposed to a nonprofit? And whenever you're dealing with for-profit, of course you're selling a product. Um, and not only are you selling a product or a service, but people are very likely to say no because you're selling them something. Right. But whenever you have a nonprofit, whenever you have an organization that's out there that doesn't care about the money that comes in because the money's being used to fund what it is that you're doing, now all of a sudden people become interested. Uh, so we've already made some partners here in Dallas that allow us to go and do fundraisers there. Uh, we put up the GoFundMe page just to, uh, just to have you know, whenever we're handing out printed content, we want people that are looking at the printed content to be able to go and see a little bit of a backstory about why we started the kids publishing company. Um, but most of it is, you know, me, <laughs> it's, it's me, it's, it's me, it's my partners, it's my companies. And it doesn't matter to me how long this takes to really get the word out to really turn this into a successful nonprofit. I mean, what the heck else am I going to do with my, with my time? You know, I, I feel fortunate enough 
to call myself a successful entrepreneur. Okay. Well, just like Uncle Ben says, with great power comes what? With great power comes great responsibility. Okay. You know, I'm talking about Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker's Oh yeah, Peter okay. Uncle Ben. Sorry, Mike. My, yeah, my... and so and so I believe that a successful entrepreneur has an obligation to show someone else how to be successful. Okay. And so since I've spent this little bit of time building what I call a successful foundation, then I just want to help as many people as possible. The education that I provide to people, I provide for free. I don't have a radio show or a podcast, but I've been on over 100. Okay. Um, I have, I've published about 20 books myself. Uh, but not only have I written and published a lot of books, over the last four years, I've written almost 5 million words of content on blogs online. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that, like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of influencers out there that have a name on the Internet, but what they're doing is they're selling their education. I think education should be free. Education should absolutely be free. Help should be free. The ability to learn should be free. The only things that should be sold are things that have have a value set behind them. I'm not saying that uh, that people don't have the ability to make money, but I've been publishing books long enough to where I've dramatically lowered my costs for illustrating. You know, okay. whenever we're illustrating the book, I've dramatically lowered costs for proofreading, editing, publishing, and since the kids do have access to royalties and since we do a royalty split with them, the way that I've always seen it in my head, whenever we were talking about creating this company is let's help the kids get the book out. And then if the kid is able to sell a few copies, then we'll recoup our expenses there. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I, but, I, uh, but yeah, we could always use some donors and sponsors too. That's why we created the GoFundMe page. So, uh, right now, you're listening to Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on uh, italknet.com as we talk to Jason and Emma Criddle. Now, Emma, have you talked to your friends about doing this? Are they writing books? Or are they interested in writing books? Yes. <laughs> have And have you written a book yet? I am working on my second book. And what is your second book about? It's about a princess, and she's she. There's a ball, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, the ball's in two days. I can't find a dress." And she's trying to find this dress, and then she finds the perfect dress, and then it all works out. You know fairy tales. <laughs> yes, I know fairy tales. What was your first book about? Um, it was a design book, the one that my dad was talking oh, about. Oh, okay, about for the. Uh... For the kids that they could uh, do their own uh, clothing designs. Okay. Now, for either either one of you, how hard is it for the student or the student, the child, to upload the information to the, to the site to be able to have the book published? Do they need adult supervision to do this, or are they able to do it themselves? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that answer. That's where the parents come in. Okay. Um, if someone were to go to the kids publishing company.com, uh, not only do they see a little bit of information, there's a contact form, there's an email address for them to send. There's also a 17 page PDF, uh, 17 pages might sound daunting, 
But it started out as a 75-page PDF, so I'm very happy that we drastically lowered the amount of pages in the, in the PDF. And, and basically what that PDF shows is in order for us to publish your book for free, this is the format that we need your book to be in. Okay. And it goes, it starts all the way from this is how pages will be printed. Uh, it shows them how to make their table of contents. It shows them how to design their cover, how to put their margins inside the, you know, the proper spacing in the margins, uh, what the bleed is going to be like when it's printed. It's all there, all the information that they need. But, you know, the parent is definitely going to have to help. I mean, the I'm, I'm not trying to say it's difficult, but it's very technical. And so another thing that we're trying to work on before the end of the year is taking that 17-page PDF and turning it into a series of fun animated cartoons. Okay. And so, so a kid would be able to, a kid and an adult, I still think an adult would need to be involved. Not many kids know how to use Photoshop or Illustrator uh, or a lot of these web tools. Um, but it, it'll, it'll definitely teach them and, and be entertaining at the same time so, so that they know exactly what to turn into it. And, you know, whenever we do get submissions that are not, uh, that don't fit, then we, we try to work with them as much as possible to make sure that they do. Uh, about, the only, about the only service that we do sell is we sell professional illustration services. Oh, really? Okay. So if somebody comes to us and they, if, they, if they submit their own drawings, if they submit their own book and story, that's great. But some of these kids, they definitely want professional illustrations. And so we do provide that service. But again, that's where donors and sponsors come in. Okay. Uh, inside, our, inside our app, we give donors the ability to sponsor a specific book. They can sponsor a cover. They can sponsor an event. And what this does for a sponsor, you know, a sponsor is more than likely going to be a business owner. This is actually a really cool concept. It allows a business, like if Emma was publishing a book and then Bill Alexander was her sponsor, then Emma would publish the book. Bill Alexander would be a contributor on the front of the book. Bill Alexander would have an advertisement okay. on the back of the book and inside the book. And, and, uh, and then that way, you know, now you have a, a sponsor or a brand that gets to be part of a book and they don't have to take, they don't have to create anything. Okay. Now, is there a minimum page count for a book to be published? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's about twenty or twenty four, about twenty pages. Okay, which would be uh, ten front and back. So it'd be ten sheets of paper, and, and you know, an image on each side. And I believe that information is in the PDF. Okay, because I'm I'm looking at the PDF right now, and I'm going through it, and. I can see where at first it could be a little bit Im uh, intimidating to be able to produce this, but I think that if you do your step-by-step -step animation videos, once someone publishes their first one, it will probably be very easy to do the second, the third, and so on and so forth. Because, um, right. again, it's probably not very difficult. It's just intimidating because it is um, something that you've never done before. But just looking at this, right. I it's, think that you're making technical. it. I mean, you're doing left face, right face. I mean, everything is explained here very well. 
And um, I'm, I'm thank you. It took a long time to create that. <laughs> and, and and going from seventy five to seventeen is amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to get out. You know, I've I've like I said, I've published twenty books myself. Uh, I've also ghostwritten another couple of dozen with other authors, and I've helped publish a little over a hundred books okay. with different entrepreneurs, different brand owners. Um, and so whenever I first started publishing about four or five years ago, I made myself a PDF, an instructional, an instructional booklet. And, and that's what it was. It was a book. It was a book that I would hand to people and I would actually sell it. Okay. Um, and so whenever we were putting the kids publishing company together, Bill, it was just too much information. And so, yeah, the, the website will definitely evolve. Um, one of our biggest goals is I'm, I'm hoping, you know, maybe by first quarter or by the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter next year, the kids publishing company website will actually be a book builder. Okay. And so rather than someone having to use a PDF, the kid will be able to go to the website, create an account. They'll be able to draw, drag and drop pictures, put all the, you know, put all the, the, words the content and everything in there and press the submit button and what they would be doing is they would submit they would be submitting to us a book in the perfect format of what we need in order for it to be published and i was by doing that it will completely eliminate the need for any kind of any kind of sponsors or donors or any extra money to be involved in the process I was going to ask you if something like that was going to be the goal, because I know that I, the technology is out there. It's just getting to that point. Now, the other thing I think is interesting, again, this goes back with my age, that the book, when you create the book, gets its own ISBN number. How is that number being assigned? Because I thought that had to go somewhere else and they had to actually apply for it. Yeah, yeah, you do, but you can buy ISBN numbers in bulk. Okay. And so I use a, yeah, I use a source where we can purchase a hundred ISBNs at once. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and when you're purchasing, yeah, when you're purchasing a hundred at once, they're not as expensive as you think they'd be. And so then all we have to do is just to sign it. I'll be darned. I didn't realize that. So when are you playing? I mean, have you published anything through the kids publishing company yet? And if not, when yeah, do you we, plan the first ones to go out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we are working on, I think, 16 or 17 books right now. Okay. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact number, and those will be the first ones coming through here. You know, it, it, was, it was probably within the last 30 or 45 days that we finally got the website up. We finally got the app up. Uh, we got the GoFundMe launched, and we had already started making relationships uh, and getting the word out because... Emma's, you know, Emma does Girl Scouts and Emma's in ballet. And so we've already been we've already been working with some kids. And so now that we have these initial books that we're going to be working on, like I said, 2020 is when we're going to make it big. Okay. so what is I mean, so you have these books that are ready to come out. What are I mean, what is the average age of a child interesting about the interested in writing their own book? Or is it just very random that it could be a seven-year-old to a 13-year-old or but have you noticed any certain demographic that the child falls into yeah you know it's really funny because 
most of our kids so far have been girls. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's because Emma is a girl and her friends are girls. <laughs> um, but, but I I can also see, you know, I, I mean, you're a, you're a boy. I'm a boy. Whenever I was a kid, I wasn't creating things. I was destroying stuff. Well, exactly right. And so, and so uh, you know, girls, girls make crafts. They make dolls. They uh-huh. draw. They do all this stuff. Boys are usually destroying things. And so... But yeah, so I'd say it's probably a 70-30 split in okay. girls' favors. But then the other part of the demographic is adults. And so one of the things that we are finding is whenever we're talking to people about uh, becoming a donor or a sponsor or something, then we're having a lot of adults come to us and say, oh, my gosh, I've written three children's books. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to write a kid's book. I've always had these books in my head. Um, can we use the platform too? And so we made a change and we made that change right before we launched. And it was, yeah, yeah. If, if a kid wants to launch a book through here, then they can. If an adult wants to launch a kid's book through the platform, then they can do it too. So what is the age range or as you're classifying a kid, how old, how old can they be before they're no longer a kid? I would probably say all the way up to 17, 18 years okay. old. You know, the, the, you know, the idea is not necessarily to, um, it's, it's not necessarily to put like a, 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 a bracket around an age range as much as it is to just let anybody who wants to use the brand use it. Okay. You know, if I would ever find out that, our system was being sabotaged by a whole bunch of people that decided that they could make money from exploiting our platform, <laughs> then I might make changes <laughs> if that, if that day is to ever come. Right. But for right now, I think the message behind it and what it is that we're trying to accomplish is so freaking important that I don't, I don't really care about putting any kind of limitations on it. I want people to publish books, uh, as being, from being an entrepreneur, from being the guy that I am and the things that I do in my life, uh, I want everybody to have a chance to build a brand. Mm-hmm. I believe that every single person on this planet has a customer base that's ready to buy from them. I believe that everybody has a story that's worth listening to uh, and worth sharing with people. And, you know, before the, the idea for the kids publishing company ever even came out, that's where I was heading in my career was, um, was just, okay, well now that I've, you know, I'm a little successful. Now I want to get out there and teach as many people as I can, the things that I've learned so that they can go out there and create their own brands. Because I don't, you know, I mean, and, and it's the same thing with you being on the radio. We don't do this for money. We do this because we love doing it. Right. Um, the radio and your podcast, you, you know, you said, you said what you said, like, 250 years ago, whenever we created the first radio signal, you were working on, on the radio. Well, like it, 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 it's, yeah. it's almost, it's almost a hundred years, not that old, but anyhow, yeah. this year's yeah. 99. Um, and, and the funny thing is it's created not very far from where I'm at, where the first radio signal commercial station went on the air. But I, I see so much more coming out of this, this concept of the kids publishing company not only do i see books i see how you could do um art 
podcast. I mean, clothing. I mean, I could see this whole idea just exploding into other ventures because you're giving a child an opportunity to brand themselves like Emma's book, the, uh, the fashion book she did. That would be so cool to be able to take some of the drawings that some of the kids did and actually make the clothing that they created. And so on and man, so forth. Man, man, have you been reading my? Are, what are you doing? Are you reading my notes? <laughs> that, that was that's actually that's actually the entire point. You know, that was the next step in what Emma's doing is is uh, we we collect some of her best her best fashions. That's what she calls them, fashions. Uh-huh. And uh, and we want to turn these into an actual clothing brand. And so yeah, I mean that's the exact point. It doesn't matter if a kid needs help uh, launching a podcast. Emma can help them. You know, Emma's working on content for her own YouTube channel right now. Um, we just want her to have a good deal of content before we launch it. Right. Um, but yeah, if, if they're doing, if they want their own clothing brand, if a kid wants to learn how to cook, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that the applications and the technology is available. Um, but there's nobody out there that's, actually putting forth the effort to make it available to kids. You're right. And so that that's exactly what we're doing is, is, you know, let's be one of the first. And, and I'm not a selfish guy. You know, if somebody comes out with a platform that's better than mine, uh, uh, all the more power to them, as long as they are taking advantage of it. And as long as they're not doing it to try and line their own pockets, I, what we need to do as responsible adults and successful entrepreneurs is we need to make sure that the internet sticks around. First of all, right. You know, we have a lot of regulation coming in. What we don't want the internet to be is another Dewey decimal or card catalog system. That's just arbitrary and nobody cares about it. Mm-hmm. We want the internet to be free and open to everybody, but there needs to be more leadership people. I mean, whoever's listening to this, there needs to be real leadership out there online. And we live in a world where, uh, it's something that I write about all the time. We live in a world of fake experts and fake gurus. Thank you. We have very much. people that wake up, <laughs> we have people that wake up in the morning and they basically decide, Oh, I'm an expert at this thing. Even if they've never really done it before, they might have read a book. They might have read, you know, they they might have watched a couple of videos. They might have been doing it for a little while. But what's happening right now is in the world of what I call I call this the age of misinformation. Okay. So in this age of misinformation, we have people that are watching videos and then they do something and then they're like, okay, I can do this. But what they're missing out on is the failure. They're missing out on the trial and error. They're missing out on the years and years and years of taking knowledge, turning it into wisdom, applying that wisdom, and creating something spectacular. Uh, And so the real thing we got to do is start with the kids. And one of the things that I always tell Emma is the infrastructure she has built online right now will never go away and nobody can ever take that away from her. And by the time she's 12 or 13 years old, she could very well have a podcast with two or 3000 books on it. Right. And if she, if she keeps doing it, 
then at some point in her life, she's going to be a superstar. And, you know, at some point in her, in her very young years, she has the ability to build a substantial brand that could very well be worth a lot of money. Right. And the reason why I'm saying that is because look at the world we live in today. Look at the gap between lower income and the top 1%. Yes. Look at how lower and middle income class families, they're just, we're becoming poorer and poorer and poorer every single day. And you have single parents like me, you have parents that are out there that are struggling to make ends meet. And then whenever their kid walks into the room with a piece of paper with macaroni glued on it, they tell the kid to shut up and go to your room. I don't have time to deal with that right now because I'm stressed about how to pay the bills. Well, your kid just provided you a solution. So work with your kid to teach them the rules about business now and then all of a sudden that kid can be a contributor to your family. You know, when you look at, I guess when you look at something like child labor laws, those child labor laws are made for companies that are hiring employees that has nothing to do with a kid that wants to start a lemonade stand. It has nothing to do with a kid that wants to write a book or start a YouTube channel. It has nothing to do with that. And so I think, I think parents, Parents have a habit of thinking that they are smarter than their children. But, I mean, Bill, aren't you smarter than your parents? I mean, uh, I know I'm smarter than my parents. Yeah. Like, uh, and, you know. and you, and you, make, uh, you make a really good point here because there's something that I agreed with, and I, and I was going to interrupt you, but I let you go on, about the fake experts, that we have so many out there. And it's just, you're right. These kids have more knowledge than we do, especially with the technology that, I mean, think about it. A lot of people, especially my age, if they can't figure out how to use their phone or use their watch, they hand it to their kid and say, here, fix this. I have a 12, I have have a 15 year old who, if I have an IT problem in my house that the Wi-Fi goes down, I call him and I said, hey, what happens? It needs to go back online. Can you fix it in 10 minutes? Because I have to do something. And he usually does. So they do understand it because they've grown up with it. And I think what you're doing here is you're giving them an opportunity to capitalize on that, which I think is amazing. And the other thing I want to touch on real quick before I let you go is you keep using the term a brand, that the the, 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 the individual has their own brand. And you said you see everybody having their own brand. Do you feel that everybody has a brand that every that someone else is going to want to take advantage of? Or do you just see that everybody has a brand that's going to be out there for the public to be able to get access if interested? I think that everybody has their own customer base. Okay. You know, I I live in a world of I live in a world of investments and software. And so entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurs that I help usually entrepreneurs that have an idea for an app or a website or some kind of web tool and they're trying to raise funds or they just built an MVP and they're looking for customers. And so a lot of the investors that I've met in my life, one of the very first things that they ask someone is, well, that sounds like a good idea, but who's your competition? Well, I always have a different response to that. Nobody has competition. 
You know, the word competition came from, if you look at technology, technology, the word competition came from Apple and Facebook. They were competing against each other. Or sorry, Apple and Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. They were competing against each other. Those were the two big names out there. Those were com- That was competition. Now people have options. And so anyone in the entire world, it doesn't matter if they're making bracelets or, or cake or brownies in their house, if they're writing a book, if they're doing whatever, they just have to make – They have. there's two steps. The first step is they need to create the brand. The second step is they need to sell it. And so if someone is willing to take the time and go out there and sell their product or go out there and sell their service or go out there and network and leverage other people talking about this, leverage referrals, leverage word of mouth marketing, leverage social media, then I think just about anybody can make, you know, income. I won't say a living, but I'll say income with their brand. And there's a lot of people out there that want to become millionaires and billionaires. But you know what, Bill? There's a lot of people out there where an extra $50 a month would make a big difference, a huge yeah. change in their life or an extra $100 a month. I meet people all the time, and I know you do too, like by the end of the month, they have $4 left in their account. And they don't know how they're going to eat. Right. So the solution is not... You know, everybody wants to blame. Everybody wants to blame the government. Everybody wants to blame, uh, you know, uh, minimum wage. Well, let's increase minimum wage. Well, it's not that your job's not paying you enough. It's that you're spending your money in too many places. There's every. It's not what you're making. It's how much money you have going out. So the real solution to that problem is to make more money. That's it. That's yeah. the only solution. So. So create a brand. And even if that brand only makes you an extra $100 a month, that extra $100 a month could be significant to anybody. Right. Jason, I really appreciate it. And Emma, your dad and I have been talking a long time. Is there anything you want to tell me and tell my audience about the kids publishing company that we haven't talked about? Well... They can visit the GoFundMe page. They can go visit the GoFundMe page. Okay. Do you know the? Do you know the answer? It's uh, GoFundMe.com. GoFundMe.com. Slash. Slash. The Kids Publishing Company. The Kids Publishing Company. And yeah. is there anything you're planning on doing uh, real soon? What's the next book you're going to read on your podcast? The next Candy Fairy book. Okay. And uh, how many chapters is that one? That one's going to be 15 chapters. Okay. And how long is that going to take you to read on average? Just an idea. Maybe, maybe like a week. Okay. And then um, maybe two days. So your dad made a comment to me that you have, you're you creating your own YouTube channel. Do you like doing video better than audio? I like doing video. Why is that? Well, because people actually get to see me and see my like my my face, and I I just like doing video because it's fun because people can actually see what I'm doing. And what, why don't you why don't you give them a little why don't you give them a little teaser about little earners? Well, I'm going to talk to business owners and ask them questions about what they do. 
Yeah, so she's making her own version of the Reading Rainbow called awesome. Little Earners. Okay. And so when you look at the when you look at the name, it's it's Lil L I L, and so it, it makes the words Little Little Earner and Little Learners all in one. Oh, and so clever. that's what her YouTube channel is going to be about. And so we uh, we're actually. We built her a little studio with uh, little tables and chairs, which is going to be really fun whenever adults are having to sit on these little chairs. <laughs> and, uh, and she's going to be talking to adults about how they started building their company or how they started doing what they're doing and, you know, and, and teaching kids about what it is they do in case it'll inspire some kids to get into that field. That is, that is really, that is awesome. That really is. Jason, Emma, I really want to thank you for taking time to talk to me today. I am so excited about the Kids Publishing Company and everything that you guys are doing. And um, I have a daughter who is 12 who loves to write. And you know what? I'm going to expl uh, share this with her this evening so she can actually see it. Maybe she can get a book on the company, too, because I think this is a great opportunity um, um, for young people. Anything else that you want to share with me that we haven't talked about before we uh, end the program? Uh, no, Bill. Um, we'll be happy to, to help her publish a book. That would be really awesome. Um, we could use some help. We, we have a lot of projects that are in the works. Um, and in 2020, we're wanting to publish no less than 1,000 books. I wow. mean, 2020, we're going to be hitting it hard. And so all this infrastructure we're putting in place is just for that. And so if anybody's listening to this, if anybody wants to check it out, they can go to thekidspublishingcompany.com. We also have an app. They can just look up The Kids Publishing Company uh, in the Android or iOS app store. And please, we could use donors. We could use sponsors. They can sign up to donate or be a sponsor inside the app. Um, and also we have our GoFundMe page, which is at gofundme.com slash thekidspublishingcompany. We could use all the help we can get. Um, we don't just need money. We need relationships. We need partnerships. We need kids who want to publish books. And we need adults who want to help us. Well, again, I think this is a great opportunity for the kids and also um, some adults that have written children's books. And I really appreciate what you and Emma are doing and getting the word out about it. And if there's anything I can help you with in 2020, please feel free to let me know and I'll do whatever I can to help you guys, because I think this is a great um, opportunity and a, a world a worthwhile project that you guys are launching in uh, 2020. So good luck to both of you. And thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having us on. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a, have, have a good day. I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, Jason and Emma, Emma <laughs> my mouth isn't working. Jason and Emma uh, Criddle uh, talking about the Kids Publishing Company. Again, that's uh, Jason and Emma Criddle talking about the uh, Kids Publishing Company. If you're interested in helping them out at the GoFundMe page, it is GoFundMe.com slash the kids publishing company and uh it is it is it's it's a great opportunity this is something i wish they would have had when i was younger but again that was in the dark ages and electricity wasn't invented at the time but again a great opportunity if you want to share it and a great thing to get kids involved in especially in their education process because it gets them interested in reading 
and writing. Well, that's going to wrap up another program for today. And I'm glad you were able to stop by and uh, listen to today's program here online with Bill Alexander. Uh, brought to you by, in part by Phil Giannetti Motors, providing quality vehicles for over 50 years. If you're interested in a quality pre-owned vehicle, give Chip a call at 724-785-6800 or stop by his website, philgnamotors.com. And thank you very much for listening to Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on italknet.com. We'll talk to you next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.